Well, what we took from Justin Martyr was listening to the wisdom of the elderly. And then what we took from Cyprian was perseverance. And what we're going to take from our next African father, Athanasius, is the idea of standing alone. And we're going to look at a great example in Athanasius, and then we're going to look at a terrible example from the Bible. You know, many of the great men of church history gave their lives for one central truth. Paul focused much of his energy on the gospel of Jesus Christ and on Christ crucified. Martin Luther lived the doctrine of justification by faith alone. The greatest passion of our character today, Athanasius, was defending Jesus Christ as truly God. Well, we're going to find a theme again. Here is Athanasius, born to wealthy parents around year 298. And as the theme continues, he received an excellent education. But what became a little bit different is that he had a solid spiritual upbringing. He was considered one of the African fathers because he was born in a place called Alexandria in the country of Egypt in northern Africa, which was one of the largest cities in the world at that time, and eventually became among the greatest leaders. Athanasius became one of the greatest leaders in the history of the church. Athanasius was so short and so dark that his enemies called him the Black Dwarf. When he was young, he and a group of boys, probably not unlike the Schleyline and Myers boys, he and a group of boys were pretending to conduct a church service with Athanasius acting the part of pastor and performing baptisms by immersion. <laughs> Alexander, the great bishop of Alexandria, happened to be walking by and could see that Athanasius was destined for greatness. And so the bishop took him into his care and eventually made Athanasius his assistant. Around this time, the Roman emperor by the name of Constantine He becomes a Christian. And Christianity now becomes popular, at least a form of Christianity becomes popular, when Constantine signs a law, he signs an edict. It's called the Edict of Milan in 313. And all it means is, Christians, you have freedom to worship as you want. But just as persecution 
had strengthened the church. Sadly, peace in many ways weakened the church. As many fake Christians began to join the church and spread false teaching. Among them was a pastor in Alexandria by the name of Arius. Very important name in church history. Arius taught that Jesus was not God. Jesus was a created being. Jesus was the greatest of God's angels, but he was not God. And now the church is confused. In 325, Constantine, once again, gathers a council together. One, two, three, four, five, hundred, two hundred, three hundred, three hundred and eighteen bishops gather together in a place called Nicaea, which is modern day Turkey, to discuss this matter of the deity of Christ. The deity of Christ just means the godness of Jesus. The Nicene Council was careful to explain that Jesus was both 100% God and 100% man. And they used this long Greek word, homoousios, to say that Jesus was of the same substance as the Father. And if you want to spell it, it looks like homoousios, H-O-M-O-O-O-Z-Y-O-S-S. Homoousios. And all the bishops, except two, condemned Arius as a heretic. Now, a heretic is someone that denies the clear and crucial teaching of the Bible. And they also took Arius' books and they burned them. Listen to what the Nicene Creed says about Jesus. They wrote out this creed. Write this word. God from God, Jesus is God from God, light from light. True God from true God, begotten, not made, co-substantial with the Father. They said that if anyone claims, like Arius did, that the Son of God is created, let him be anathema. Do you know what anathema means? Let him be damned in hell Forever. These guys didn't mess around. They believed the Bible and they believed the foundational truths of the Bible ought to be fought for. And soon after, Athanasius 
became a beloved pastor in Alexandria and oversaw all the pastors in Egypt and Libya. But there's sad news. Because unfortunately, the problem with Arius did not go away. Because Arius continued to spread his poison. And unfortunately, Constantine, who was easily influenced, he changed his mind and he reinstated Arius as a pastor and demanded that Athanasius welcome him back. And Athanasius said, pound sand. He said, no. He said, never. He said, over my dead body. He said, Arius is a heretic. And he is not my brother in Christ. Many began to side with Arius because Arius was clever. And he was clever in using passages of scripture and taking them out of context and twisting them to deceive others. For example, Arius would use passages like Mark 1332, where Jesus claimed, the Father is greater than I. Hey, listen, brothers and sisters, all of you need to know how to explain what that passage means. Because it's not just Arius that used that 1,700 years ago. It's Abu Bakr and Muslims who use that even today. Many were demanding that the Nicene Creed be changed. The Arians said Jesus was of the same substance as the Father. I'm sorry, was not of the same substance, but was of a similar substance. And so they said, let's just add one little letter. We'll just put a little yota in there, which looks like an I. And instead of homo usios, we just say homo usios. You can't even tell the difference. What's the big deal? And the difference was only the letter I, but it was the difference between calling Jesus the creator and the created. I mean, what's really that big of a difference in the spelling between creator and created? Let's not make a big deal out of this. No. Athanasius said that if Jesus wasn't God, then he could not be a savior and sinners are still under judgment. A mere man cannot save sinners. Well, by now nearly everyone is against Athanasius. And he had to run for his life. And over a span of 45 years, he was sent into exile... Five times. You know what exile is? That means when you're sent away into a distant place and you're away from everyone else. Sometimes he had to hide among the monks in the desert. Other times he hid for months in his father's tomb. On one occasion, Emperor Julian hired two assassins to kill Athanasius. And as he fled in a boat, he reached a bend in the river. And then Athanasius turned the boat around and rowed back toward the soldiers. In the darkness, they did not recognize Athanasius and therefore asked if the man had seen Athanasius. 
And Athanasius said, Yes, you're quite close to him, which was true. And he calmly rode by. (laughs) Athanasius remained a man of peace, saying, Christians, instead of arming themselves with swords, extend their hands in prayer. The enemies of Athanasius spread lies about him, saying he was a cruel pastor and that he used magic. On one occasion at a gathering of bishops in Tyre, they accused him of killing a man named Arsenius and then cutting off his hand to use for magic. Well, Athanasius brought Arsenius to the meeting to to disprove the lie. Well, they said, okay, you might not have killed him, but you did cut off his hand. Well, then Athanasius showed the hand of Arsenius. And they said, well, it was the other hand. And when Arsenius removed his other hand, Athanasius said, Arsenius must be a monster with three hands. To which everyone laughed. Well, Athanasius died in 373 after serving faithfully in his office for 46 years. He was fearless and he was courageous. He stood against emperors, he stood against bishops, he stood against churches, and he stood against the world. He stood against most of the world that denied the deity of Jesus Christ. A phrase became popular. Athanasius contra mundum. Athanasius against the world. Turn your Bibles to Exodus 32. In our last few minutes, we want to look at a bad example of cowardice in the Old Testament, a bad example of someone who simply could not stand alone. Unlike Athanasius, Aaron was unwilling to stand alone against the people that wanted to build the golden calf. And Aaron's decision to fear crowds rather than fear God Aaron's decision not to stand firm. I'm going to pull out five examples, five reasons of why this was so terrible. Of why Aaron could not stand alone. Why this decision was so bad. Number one. First, because it was obvious It was obvious what he was doing. This cowardice was obviously in the face of so much truth. Now, let's go back just a few pages to chapter 24. Because I want you to read a few verses. It's not like Aaron refused to stand firm on a debatable issue. Go back to chapter 24.
God's commands were clear just a few chapters earlier in chapter 24. Everyone cried in verse 3. What does it say? Essentially, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. And then later on in verse 14, Moses specifically said that if there were any problems while he was gone, Aaron and her were in charge. And yet Aaron sinned in the face of crystal clear instructions. It's bad enough not to stand alone. But when you do it in the face of so obviously clear Explicit commands, it makes it even worse. Number one, it was obvious. Number two, it was quick. When I say it, I'm saying the cowardice not to stand alone. Number two, it was quick. Go back to chapter, uh, you're still in chapter 24. Aaron didn't have to stand against, it's not like Aaron had to stand alone for years. How long was Moses on the mountain? 40 days and 40 nights. If you go back to chapter 32, someone read verse number 1. Okay, you can stop there. It's a delay. I mean, 40 days. This is way too long to stand alone. I can't do this. Number, number 2, it was quick. Number 3, it was easy. It, it wasn't too difficult. For Aaron to move. The text implies in verse 2. That the people asked just once. And Aaron essentially gave no pushback. He didn't resist at all. Third. It was blasphemous. Aaron was not being asked to break a minor law. It was gross idolatry where the people stood before the golden calf and cried in verse 4, These are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. How wicked. Fifth, it was disastrous. When Aaron failed to stand alone, think of all the consequences. Boys, you want to follow the crowd? There's going to be consequences. When you don't stand alone like Athanasius, and you follow the crowd, there's going to be terrible catastrophes. I pulled out just four from the life of Moses. Number one, God considered killing everyone because of this sin. Number two, the stone tablets were smashed into pieces. Number three, 3,000 people later died. And number four, the Bible says in verse 30, they committed a terrible sin. Why? Because they followed the crowd. Aaron refused to stand alone. Finally, It was so cowardly. Verse 24 tells us that in the end, Aaron tried to pass off the blame on the people instead of owning his own sin and accepting the consequences. Standing alone. Now, who is the greatest example of standing alone? Jesus Christ! Because he's the greatest example of everything righteous. Jesus stood alone against his enemies as he approached the cross. And even his disciples left him. Mark 14 verse 50 says, And they all left him and fled. 
There was even a time when spiritually the father left the son. He turned his back upon Jesus as the son of man bore the sins of the world. And this is why Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer is that it was because of your sin and because of my sin. Jesus stood alone on the cross. 